Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at a Friday night slate to close out the work week here, Nate, with 10 games to choose from. In this one, we're talking about the Sacramento Kings still getting a little bit of disrespect in Detroit. Not a big enough spread. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Also have another game video and our player props up for you guys. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this regular season. Also head to thelines.com. That's where you can get that great written content that we've got for you guys and use our odds finder tool to go ahead and shop those NBA lines across the U.S. sportsbooks. Get the best juice back on all your bets. Uh, Nate, let's go ahead and get into this 10-game slate and then talk Kangs and Pistons. Yep. Yeah, I actually really like this slate. I think there's a lot great to choose from, and this is a good one that you picked out here. We got Hawks minus one at the Hornets. Lamella Ball's back. That totals up at 232. We got the Kings minus five at Detroit. Josh mentioned a little disrespect, an extremely high total here, though, at 239. Warriors are plus eight at the Sixers. They will be without Steph Curry for some time here. Pacers plus eight at the Cavs. Magic plus 13 in Boston. Not often you're on a four-game win streak and you're that big of dogs. Uh, there's an outside chance Rob Williams debuts for the Celtics. The other game we break down here is a pick'em Brooklyn at Toronto. Totals at 226. The Knicks looking to beat the Bulls again are plus three in Chicago. The Wolves plus one in, at the Thunder. Uh, Blazers plus three and a half at Dallas. And then the Nuggets minus one at the Lake Show. Uh Interesting game there as well. But we are talking the Detroit Pistons, who I, it just seems like nobody takes seriously. And that, I, th- I feel like I can chalk up half of their wins to just people being like, oh, Detroit's on the schedule. Let's rest someone or just not play big minutes or just, d- you know, do whatever the hell we want. Because this is barely an NBA team um, with Cade Cunningham shut down for the season. I mean, there's some bright spots in terms of, you know, what you see from Jaden Ivey, uh, for sure. Boyan, like we talk about, trying to play his way off of this team. But they are terrible, especially on defense. Uh, Last three, 118 defensive rating. Somehow been scoring 120 a game uh, with a good pace. But you look at the recent meeting in, in Sacramento and the Kings win by eight despite getting outgunned. Um, at a 51% rate from the three-point line. And the Pistons are not a team that's going to hit 51% of their threes in in a consistent fashion at all. No, they are, uh, I believe, 27th in three-point shooting, 27th in assist-to-turnover ratio, and 24th in efficiency. And the Kings are 5th, 7th and uh, in, in those efficiency categories. The Kings are just dealing with a really tough schedule right now i mean the only reason they're getting this kind of disrespect is like well look at the results they've had to grind them out they're still on this road trip it seemed like they just finished an east coast road trip like a week ago and now they're back on the east coast for six more games uh gotta be a nice second half for them at some point but i think we've forgotten how efficient they are um for a while the number two uh offensive team behind the the celtics before they had to leave sacramento uh, and, and play this tough schedule. And De'Aaron Fox wasn't right. And and he tried to come back on the front end of the back-to-back against Philly for whatever reason it didn't go. Uh, but, it, but it did click in their last game. And they won a shootout with Toronto. Uh, Sabonis, Fox, both looking great. But, I mean, between those guys and Harrison Barnes, they combined to basically shoot 30 free throws on the Pistons the last time out. 
so I mean, neither of these teams can protect the rim. I know you're saying you're scared to take it under, even though it's at 240. Uh, I wouldn't be that scared based on how high that is. I mean, Sacramento much less likely to get into that kind of astronomical shootout on the road. Um, but I think they are very likely to win this game. Um, so maybe if you are scared at 238, 239, you tease it up and get rid of that spread, get sack minus one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of the spread. I think it's disrespectful. I think one team is, you know, <laughs> very rightly so a bottom five team in the NBA. And I think one team is, you know, potentially a top 10 team in the NBA right now um, in, in the Kangs. I think there's a lot of motivation for them. D Fox coming back in that Raptors game and them winning was huge. I, I know that everybody in, in that's lighting the beam for the Kings wanted them to go three and three on this road trip. They're two and three right now playing some really tough cop bucks, Cavs, Knicks, Sixers, Raptors all in a row winning, you know, just two of two of those five there, um, which I think they would be okay with. Um, I think they would have rather have beaten the Knicks and they got pounced by them, but the Knicks look really good. Longest winning streak in the NBA right now. They've got a point guard. That's for a different video, um, but five in a row against some tough Eastern conference teams. And they're finishing it off with the Pistons. Like you've got it. You've got to pull it out. You've got to win this game. And D Fox being back, he's going to play in that game. Um, I think Kevin Huerta might come back in that one as well, which really is huge for them in the three point category. And if, if he's back, it does, once again, scare me even to take an under uh, in 240. I, I was trying to pick an under in that Pacers-Kings game, and it, it started out with a first quarter that they scored, like I think, like 52 points. And I was like, yeehaw. And then the rest of the game, I think it total and ended with like a 270-something total. So like it could just go off at any moment. Um, the, the thing that I, I'm not even really worried about that right now, I'm more worried just like talking about how the Kings are disrespected, right? Like, nine and one straight up when they're listed as a favorite this season um and then seven and three against the spread because that spread's never big enough because they're still not seen as a a, a league contender right now which is disrespectful they're they're winning those games where they are favored uh by 12 and a half points on average and covering the spread by eight points a game on average uh in, in these games as well and i think this is right for another double digit victory for them um they they do go under on the road um, five and ten to the under on the road, where the games average two twenty-seven, and that's because they're just not the same offense on the road as they are at home, where they score one hundred twenty-three versus the one hundred thirteen on the road. Um, similar defense, uh, you know, and and really, it's the strength of schedule for them. Like even if you look at some of the numbers that I'm throwing at you. Their strength of schedule is the fourth hardest, fifth hardest in the league. Uh, the only legitimate team ahead of them is the Mavericks. Everybody else sucks because obviously, if you have a shitty schedule or a, a shitty um, record, you're going to be playing higher strength of schedule teams because you're one of those bad teams. But at any rate, like they're a legitimate team that's playing like on the road, especially Toronto, Cleveland. I just named you all those teams. They've also played Boston, Memphis, the Warriors, and the Heat all on the road and the Clippers. So they're they're playing the best cop in the league right now uh, on the road, and they're still you know nine and six against the spread seven and eight straight up against all those teams that I just mentioned there and, and a few more as well uh some that they played twice so I you know I, I think that the as soon as I saw that spread I was like that's not high enough and the, the reason it's not high enough is because it's still the Sacramento Kings uh what they did in Toronto was very impressive and, and the way that they're um you know winning games by by making threes Huerta are very important for that, but also fast break points, limiting fast break points, um, getting some second chance points, um, you know, in the paint with DeMontis and those offensive rebounds uh, and just getting it and going. But when they're on the on the road, 
they're playing that defense to, to limit fast break points, um, to limit opponents' second chance points, get a defensive rebound and go. But really, you know, more importantly, they need to get turnovers as well, scoring a ton of turnovers, uh, points off of those turnovers. That also scares me for the under because Detroit is a young team that continues to turn the ball over, letting their opponents get uh, points off of turnovers. It, like top, you know, their 10th worst at that essentially, or eighth worst rather, in, in terms of allowing that to happen. Um, they've been playing awful at home, have the Pistons uh, one and four straight up and against the spread in their last five, not failing to cover, uh, you know, by six points. 122 defensive rating, definitely worst, allowing 122 points a game. Playing at a pretty slow pace as well. They're just, they're unable to stop anybody, um, only scoring 112 points. So five and a half points, give, give me that. You know, I'm, I'm happy with all that. I'm not necessarily feeling an under. I just want to be bold and take one because 240 points is an absurd amount. It's just, I don't have the balls for that right now, uh, but that would be my preferred bet on the total. Yeah, it's not that scary. I mean, you you have in here that they're nine and three to the over at home, the Pistons, but those games are averaging just two thirty. So, I mean, mm-hmm. two thirty nine isn't. I, I think it's being juked a little bit because what we just saw between the Kings and the Raptors, which is kind of an anomaly, we'll address in that Nets Raptors video uh, as well. But it, it, I mean, otherwise, the Kings have not been playing those kind of games uh, away from uh sleep sharing arena i think it's called uh yeah i mean usually it's, it's, like, it's like a 109 103 type game we've seen a bunch on the east coast road trip i mean i, I mean the pistons aren't going to be able to stop them that's what we feel more confident about that's why we say take the kings um it, i mean it's just like the numbers between the lines for the pistons it's like they're one in six straight up after a win, losing by eight points per game. That that to me says like, again, people literally shade them out of the calendar instead of circling them. And they're like, oh, we don't have a game that day. And then they're like, oh, the Pistons actually won. And then they come back and they're like, we, yes, we can do some base, very basic things to beat this team. And I think right. Sacramento will be on point in that regard. I think this is the end of their road trip. And uh, they don't really have the luxury after all the the gauntlet they face to just say like, oh, we'll just wax over this one. 100%. Yeah. Three days off before they have to play the Hornets. Uh, not a team that scares anybody. So I, I don't, it's not really an overlook it game. It's a, we need this game. We're 15 and 12 and, and we've had to dig ourselves out of a really crappy start. So we don't really have the opportunity and the luxury uh, afforded to us to not bring it against the Pistons on the road. Uh, everything that they do, you know, the Pistons do, the, everything that they do well on defense, Detroit, is sort of defending what Sacramento wants to do well. Not scaring me for Sacramento winning. Just saying, if you do want the under there at 240, go ahead and hit it. It might get up to like 242, and you might feel like you could wait a little bit as we're recording this pretty late Thursday night uh, with it still sitting at about 239 and a half, 240, depending on where you find it. Yeah, I'm not not seeing much early movement on this for the Nets, um, and it's surprising. I think we kind of forgot what the Nets could be if they, you know, put all the bullshit aside kind of and just started playing basketball. Because if you look at this roster and the the talent level, like if if we were just if these weren't like human beings with distractions and mental issues, we could just if you were playing a video game, you'd be like you you could crush all the way to a championship. And they still do have like the fourth or fifth shortest odds to win the title uh, because yeah. because of the talent level on this team. And, and they've been much better coached since Jacques Vaughn took over. I, I'm huge Steve Nash guy, but uh, not as good a coach. I think we can say not as experienced. And the Nets defense has been far from a laughingstock since he took over. They've And they've won eight of their last nine overall with the only loss coming against the Boston Celtics, um, a well-rested Boston Celtics team at that point. Um, and the offense has really taken off lately. 
Kyrie, you know, speaking of distractions, is is finally, I think, playing the kind of elite Kyrie ball. We've come to expect uh, when he is rolling and he's got 29 or 30 points per game, uh, along with good peripheral stats, 125 offensive rating in his last three. The Nets have a one are, are scoring 122 in their last four, sending three of those four over. Uh, and the over is not a bad play here. Uh, but I think the fact that I'm going to harp on how the Raptors defense is, is more of an issue. Then, 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 then that's why we like the Nets here. And the thing I circle back to is like, okay, cool. The Nets won three straight against the Raptors. Bet Kevin Durant played really well in those. Oh my God. No. Oh my God. No. (laughs) 18 points per game. Very low usage rate. Like the closest you can come to shutting down KD. And sure enough, OG Ananobi was glued to him in all those games. I mean, speaking of short odds, I think he has the three. The third shortest odds to win defensive player of the year. When you take a guy like that out of a lineup, it's not shocking that, hello, uh, 124 defensive rating in two games for the Raptors. Uh, and, the, and those came against the Kangs and the Magic. We're not exactly a juggernaut here. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, and on the season, they, they do allow the highest percentage inside the arc. So it, it is isn't an area where Durant should operate really well. He did that 45 points against the Raptors, you know, four games ago. And, and Kyrie's also killed the Raptors. So the reason they won those three games is defense. And then Kyrie, again, doing his thing with about 30 points on a 128 offensive rating. So, that, I mean, I didn't even get to have time to really go into the, the, the role players for the Nets and how well they're all playing now uh, with Utah. Watanabe back in the lineup uh, and and Ben Simmons playing a role. I mean, becoming just a role player, Joe Harris getting healthier, probably won't have Seth Curry for this one. I don't, I don't think it really matters. Cause you, I mean, you want size against Toronto um, and they look, they limit everything you need to number one in two point percentage allowed on the road. Number four paint points overall, seven in fast break points allowed. That's what you need to stop with Toronto. The thing that that struggle with is three pointers and Toronto can't hit threes. Especially now with OG and Anobi out, <laughs> OG everywhere, man. I, you you were excited to talk about that one. Um, I'm with you. The only thing I vehemently disagree with is that you said the Orlando Magic were not exactly world beaters, and those are my Orlando Magic that you're talking about, who are the second longest win streak in the NBA at four in a row. So and they're just plus that thirteen off time. that. <laughs> No, no, they're they're plus thirteen. We're not talking about that one. The, the, I don't trust anybody to cover against the Celtics at home. I don't care what the spread is. Uh, so no, but in this one, yeah, they're they're the best team in the league in the last nine games. Let's use everything we're saying here to uh, let's caution ourselves with everything we're saying here. Uh, they played the Wizards, the Pacers, eh, fine. The Hawks, awful right now. Hornets, lost the Seas. Raptors can't didn't have Pascal. Wizards, Magic, who we didn't call world beaters, beat them by seven, didn't cover, and the Blazers without Dane. So, like, that is a brutally easy strength of schedule right there, right? And th- that's fine because the Raptors are w- are in this wheelhouse of teams that we're talking about that they beat in, the, um, in this nine-game, uh, you know, sort of uh, surge, if you will, just failing to beat uh, the Celtics. You know, a nine-point game. They were in that game for a lot of it. But what you like to see, you know, from the from the Nets right now, um, and, and I will say, I like what the Nets are doing. I was just asking some people, like, where's the, like, Jacques Vaughn lover should be, like, talking about how, like, they said someone like Jacques Vaughn should have been the head coach from the jump. I will say he hasn't dealt with the nonsense either, right? He hasn't, Kyrie's been quiet. Uh, he got 
punished in a way that was probably a little bit harsh. We're not even getting into that. The point is, is once Kyrie came back, he's been chill. So as long as he's playing ball, like that's that the the, the way the Nets have been winning in this nine game streak is really indicative and emblematic of the way that Kyrie plays basketball. Uh, a really high effective field goal percentage, uh, a really good, a lot of assists, and, and really good, um, you know. Uh, points in the paint as well as being able to obviously shoot from three and then the mid-range he's also doing but Kevin Durant's already been doing that such a high degree they were already at the top of the league in mid-range so but opponent effective field goal percentage as well in that time frame um, and and really in general they brought it all the way up to like six best in the league if you're really it's a make or miss league Nate if you're making buckets and you're not letting anybody else score uh, you're probably going to be just fine right uh, Toronto, you know, they score the ways that they've been scoring. They don't have a center, uh, so it's all fast break, points off turnovers. Um, there is the second chance points because everybody on their team is six foot nine or ten with like really long arms, so all of them are crashing the offensive boards. Um, and, and all these things are the ways you want to win, but it's all based on pace. Um, and, and Brooklyn is happy to slow things down, hit their mid range shots, and just play a lot better defense. Yeah, you talk about them not needing Seth Curry, uh, and at very least it's because even in the, the games that he's been back during this you know streak for them. Um, he's only had the nine points. Um, he, he's only had four three-point attempts a game, making less than two. So I don't care that he's shooting it at a 40% clip. He's not even getting shots off. Um, and he's really only been able to manage about 24 points, or excuse me, 24 minutes per game in that time frame uh, because he's just, yeah, he's not getting, you know, the, the shots off and the looks that he's going to really need at this point. Uh, what Watanabe is the guy at this point. And, and like you said, he's probably a big reason they, that they're not as worried about Steph coming back. He's only been back for a few games, uh, but this is him ramping back up. I mean, we saw him score like 20 for a couple games in a row right before he got hurt. That's crucial for them. The Raptors just, I don't know, at some point, like, you're going to need to be able to, like, defend the paint. You're going to be able to need to to, to rebound a, a little bit better and keep everybody else out of the paint. Um, maybe you don't need it in this game, but it's still just not a matchup for them that, that you're feeling as good about. You've also seen uh, guys like Scotty Barnes uh, a couple of days ago also had a few issues with the way that he's being used. Um, so it just seems like some of it is a little bit of a fairy tale, and if, if Pascal is not playing at a super high rate, there's not enough guys making threes for them right now to really be able to, I think, overcome what they're going to be getting on offense from the Nets, who are super efficient. They're not you know, necessarily playing super fast. They're just playing super efficiently. Um, and I think they're very happy with like a 108-102 type of game for, for the Nets, uh, maybe 112, 104, whatever, you know, in that like 215 to 220 range total, rather than what the, the Raptors would really like to get this thing ramped up and be able to score a bunch of points in, in transition. The, the Nets are going to, if they're going to have their way, I think they're going to be slowing it down and keeping themselves, uh, you know, keeping this this game in their sort of style of play. Yeah, because the Raptors do have more depth. And, and I mean, that's usually based on who whoever they're playing. Uh, but, then, but then the Nets, who are top heavy. Uh, but yeah, at some point, they have to be able to score in the half court is like what we've talked about for weeks with the Raptors is like the only way they're winning is by being more efficient than the other team, by grabbing a few extra opportunities and using those possessions um, and, and when you're having a team like like the Nets with two extremely efficient superstars, I don't think that that, that possession game is really going to work for you. It's why it hasn't in the last three, again, despite Kevin Durant not doing what he does, uh, which is you know not having any problem with big, rangy teams. If you think, oh, well, the Raptors, you know, with Boucher and Siakam, all of arms flying all over him. Well, against Orlando, which starts like four centers, 45 points on 19 for 24 field goal shooting for Durant to carry the way there. So, I, I mean, I expect him to have a pretty good game, but I think the the prop that's more exploitable is Kyrie only down at 24 points when he's getting 30 in his last three. And when the Raptors have had no answers for him, um, 
And so, I mean, I think both those guys will certainly come to play here. Uh, and I'm, I'm just fading the wraps at this point, even though they, they have a pretty good record at home. They're three and eight straight up when they're underdogs. Like this, this team is what we thought they were. Um, and they're one and five against this tough Atlantic division. So yeah, I'm on, I'm on the net set. Certainly at minus one. Absolutely. Yeah. This it's, it's time to continue to get on the wave, uh, for them and, and see, yeah, this is another good test to see if, if this, uh, this streak is for real. I think the defense that they've shown, and again, some of these teams are playing really fast and with some pretty good offense, still limiting them, uh, getting a bunch of unders as well in those wins. So feel pretty good about the way that they're playing uh, and their ability to, like we said, stave off what the, the Raptors want to do the most. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, I mentioned in the game video that I like the Nets at basically no spread in Toronto with OG Ananobi out, which does mean Kevin Durant will have an easier time. But I'm going with Kyrie Irving just because his prop scoring all the way down at 23 and a half uh, while Durant's expected to get about 30 a game. And Kyrie has also been getting 30 a game in his last three uh, with a 125 offensive rating. Uh, You know, he's been much better on the road this season with a 121 offensive rating. Not that he's been bad at home. He's averaging 24 and a half at home, which is still more than this prop. 26.7, though, on the road and his last three versus Toronto getting 29 points per game on a 29 percent usage. Very nice shooting splits. Um, He's a plus 45. He's a big reason they've won their last three against the Raptors. Uh, so, I mean, just pretty simple to take the points. He is filling it up with peripheral stats as well. Recently, 13 rebounds assists per game. Uh, so you can tack that on if you want slightly better odds for uh, 10 more peripheral stats. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm looking for Kyrie and, and KD to both probably go over 30 here, maybe in a Nets win if you want to find some crazy doubles to get some plus odds there. But I think the safest bet before you even go to uh, the game line is Kyrie Irving 24 points. Yeah, Kyrie's doing his thing. Like you said, we talked about it plenty uh, in that game video as well uh, and what why they're playing well uh, in their last nine games or so is because Kyrie's back uh, and just hooping. Uh, he's a bucket uh, as soon as he walks on the court. We've talked about it. So when he's playing well, uh, this prop usually is a bit higher. And the way that these two guys have been playing uh, and, and accruing roughly, what, like 58% of the team's points per game, maybe a bit more like between the two of them, uh, that's absurd, right? Because they're in their last nine, they're averaging uh, combined like 58 points and whatever. Uh, so a little bit less than that. But either way, uh, moving on to the next one, I'm really happy to talk about my guy, Jay Randall, because there's been some Jay Randall slander, slander uh, over the course of the last, you know, the beginning of this season. Um, 38 and a half PRA, and he's been on a tear as of late. Minus 120 on FanDuel for that. You can also get two and a half threes for him at plus 106 uh, and you're saying Julius Randle to make three threes uh, but the logic there would be the last four that he's played he's he's attempted 
10 threes a game, making four of them uh, in that span, obviously good for 40%. Um, and, and the four there would get you over the two and a half you need. Um, they just played the Bulls as well in, in a really, really good game that went to overtime. He actually had this prop before overtime, but his numbers were incredible before that uh, at the end of the game as well. 31, 13 boards, seven assists. And he was diming because he was so aggressive. And I, I watched every second of that game. I've been watching a lot of Knicks lately because Jalen Brunson is uh, fast becoming one of my favorite players. Uh, and Jay Randall is just vibing off of that hugely. He knows like the pick and roll that they have going is absolutely beautiful. The way that he's sealing guys and being aggressive. The only shots that Jay Randall is taking right now are wide open threes, uh, driving to the lane, post-ups, and the little baseline jumper that he loves. Everything else is is kicking off of that stuff uh, and, and screen and roll uh, for, for other guys to, to help them get open as well. I really like what I'm seeing from him, and he's had really good success against a Bulls team that has no interior presence. He's just throwing Patrick Williams around. Vooch isn't doing anything to stop that. And in his last four versus this team, he's averaging 25 a game with 12 boards and five assists. That also includes a game where he went one for nine with five points, uh, one for nine from the field with five in that points in that game with just a, a complete dud for him and still averaging the 25 and 12 a game in his last four uh, in that time, the other three just surging, right? So, uh, there, yeah, I, I just love what I'm seeing from him right now on, on the team that has the uh, the biggest win streak in the NBA. <laughs> Threw that in at the end, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a little worried about Brunson repeating his 30-burger against uh, Alex Caruso, who is a capable defender. He's probably the only person you respect uh, on the Bulls in terms of their individual defense. I mean, Patrick Williams, yeah, he, he could become a nice young player, but obviously Randall's ripped through him. Yeah, those other three games are like 30-point flirting with triple doubles, um, and, yeah. and he's being a point forward right now. They're running everything through those two lefties. And I'm staying in yep. this game. Um, I don't know if the Knicks – it's it's funny that they're underdogs here when they were kind of looking like all the momentum and then they did – handle business in Chicago, but beware the old home and home, I guess, that, that the NBA is really fond of using this year because uh, I think the Bulls will be clapping back tonight in the rematch, and that means more from DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, they've been just playing straight shootouts in their last four games. Pretty bad defensive rating, but they're scoring 125. He's getting 30 points per game on 30% usage rate in those four in his last four against the Knicks, 33 and a half per game. Uh, and, and he's just a plus one, though, despite the efficiency. So that means these games have been close. That's why Julius Randle also coming along for the ride. And DeRozan tied with Damian Lillard for most clutch points per game in the league uh, behind, of course, the immor immortal Delano Banton, who played 11 minutes for Toronto this year and uh, scored, <laughs> scored 11 points or something. <laughs> Well, look out for Delano Banton. Really got to put those uh, filters on your searches, Nate, so you make sure you get guys that have played a decent amount of minutes to be warranted here. But yeah, uh, C to C uh, player props, MVP, DeMar DeRozan, DDR, 26 and a half points. Another really good matchup. R.J. Barrett fouled out last game because uh, DeMar DeRozan was just giving him uh, a homeschooled class of how to play basketball uh, within 17 feet of the basket. Uh, just way more athletic than everybody trying to guard him. Very, very aggressive. A lot of points in the paint on top of that mid-range for him. Uh, so, yeah, this is another game that if there's going to be anything close to the points that were last time, they're playing at pace, both these teams, um, then, yeah, you got to like DeMar to be able to get his on a team that's scoring a lot right now, especially against these Knicks. So um, let's finish things off with a terrifying prop uh, that if you have the balls to take it, come for the ride. Anthony Davis under. Um, 
and I'm including points in that. Uh, so uh, it's just a bad matchup. Uh, it's the Nuggies, and this is an opportunity where he's got a very high uh, prop, both points and the points, rebounds, and assists. So the points are at 28.5. The points, rebounds, and assists is at 41.5. Um, not getting too many dimes. I mean, as he should not be every time he gets the ball, he should be looking to score for this team to be successful. But um, that's why I'm happy to throw the assist in there to get the under and, and add a few more to it. His last seven regular season games versus Denver and specifically Joker, 21.9 points per. And I say Joker, but I mean Aaron Gordon's be guarding him. But the threat of Jokic, whose uh, defensive rating has dropped ever since for the last three years, every year, um, is also a huge part of this. 22 points a game, 21.9 in in the last seven that he's played them. Nine boards. That's all. In 32 minutes a game with a 28.5% usage. So that's what he's getting right now, um, you know, for, for the, the Lakers over the course of the last like 10 games, where he just has some terrifying totals in there that make you wonder if, but you know, you, you've got to see who he's playing against. The only one that's super legit is against Joel Embiid, where he came in, but that was a, a different game as well, where that's the only, it wasn't Joel Embiid guarding him, right? It was like mostly Niang uh, and PJ Tucker, which are no matchup for him. But with Aaron Gordon at like six foot nine, a solid defender, someone who's had some pretty good success against him, and centers in general are not doing well against the Nuggets. It's for that reason. They're top 10 in limiting centers and all points, rebounds, and assists. Um, top five in rebounding, top five in limiting opponents, rebounding, and second chance points. So they're, they're doing their thing on the boards uh, is Denver, and I think that'll be a problem uh, for Anthony Davis and to get all the way up to 45 points, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, I mean, the number's higher than you, you thought originally in terms of the peripherals. Um, I mean, if we feel that strongly, do you just want to take the under on rebound assists, 15 and a half? Uh, they are kind of baiting you with some of these. Under, like you said, he basically is getting no dimes at times because he's just turning and facing. So it's plus 135 on some books for under two and a half assists. Um, and if you think, you know, it's it's likely enough that he's not going to get two assists, then under 15 rebounds. I mean, it, it takes a monster effort to do that, especially when these teams are expected to be going up and down and scoring. Like the Nuggets had a ridiculous efficiency run the last few games. Uh, there's not going to be that many rebounding opportunities if Jokic and company are just putting right. the ball in the basket. Yeah, they're playing slowly, um, and that helps. And and <laughs> Nate is uh, sort of referring to very gently the fact that I was terrified to go under 28 and a half just points for AD. Nate was like, what do you think about under the points? And I was like, well, let's throw the rebounds and assists in there because I'm terrified of taking under 30 points for Anthony Davis right now, no matter how much he's been limited against the Nuggets. Um, so you're making some sense. If you want to find some better juice on, on my logic here uh, and my fear of just under on the points, they go ahead and feel good about the under on the assists and the rebounds. I mean, I'll say on, on uh, FanDuel, or excuse me, on DraftKings, it's 12 and a half rebounds is that prop. Uh, under is even money. Uh, or excuse me, over is even money. So they are not expecting him to get 12 rebounds quite as much, I would say, as of right now. And that's not where the action is. It's definitely on the under for his boards uh, against a team that, like like we said, has limited him in the past and, and limits their opponents in general. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along, coming at you each and every weekday this regular season. So until we see you next, happy betting.